really excited for this last week because we've spoken about the vision in the first week, the big picture, what God said, where it came from. We spoke about strength and how we're then going to do it and how we're going to get strengthened and then we're going to get saint. That's how we're going to live out the vision. And this last week in, in this vision called Revealing the Saints, we're going to be talking about our identity as a saint this year why that word, what that means for us. And actually, if we're going to get strengthened as saints, what does that even look like? What does that mean? If we're going to get sent out as saints, what does that actually mean for us? And hopefully, it will make you a little less like, oh, that's like such religious language. Like, what is this word? I'm not sure about it. I don't want to call myself a saint. That feels awkward. Um, I haven't been given a title. I'm hoping today that we would grasp the the gratitude and the, and the depth that is behind this word saint for us um, as children of God. And when I was thinking and, and preparing this, you know, I was thinking about how we actually, we take on so many titles in our lives, right? We take on so many titles that can actually then become our identity, like, I'm a wife, and that could very easily become my core identity if I let it. Or, or I'm a sister, or I'm a daughter, or maybe you're a mother or a father, you're an employee. I, I came up with this whole list of, of things that I, I identify to. And actually, if we're not careful, those very things are what we then build our confidence and our security around. So that if anything comes at them, then we're knocked, then we're stressed out, then we're worried, then we're panicking, then we're insecure. If something feels a bit, un, you know, not as great in my marriage, not that it doesn't, Liam's great, marriage is all good. <laughs> but if it does, and my identity is built in being a wife, it's going to affect me far deeper and far more than it actually should. Because truthfully, our core identity should only be saint. Nothing else should hold that place in our heart. Nothing else should hold that level of security and depth within us. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this year that that word saint will bring deeper and fresh revelations to you around who you are, how you build your identity, what you look to to build your identity. So this word saint, what is it all about? Well, in short, it means set apart. <laughs> there you go. Um, but saint is, is more than that. You know, actually, this word saint in, in, in this world, if you say it, it has connotations of, of certain things. It's actually, you know, associated with people who are given the title saint because they've done incredible good acts of service in their life. And actually, this word saint isn't the most comfortable word to, to say about yourself. I don't know about you, but if someone came up to you and said, hi, I'm so-and-so, and you went, hi, I'm a saint, that's not exactly a, you know, a, a comfortable and natural introduction. Do you know what I mean? It's, it cuts through something. And I thought about this, and actually, the word saint, meaning set apart, it calls us to a higher place. And being, the word saint, meaning set apart, means we should be set apart. It means we should be set apart. It means that actually we should be in uncomfortable situations in our life. It should cause us to stand out. Because if you think about when Jesus was walking on this earth, he didn't blend into the background. He wasn't like, you know, gray wallpaper, didn't make a splash, didn't make an impact. He was in there. He caused shockwaves. People were angry at him. People didn't understand him. He flipped tables in a temple. He didn't hide in the shadows. And I believe there's something for us to grasp about our identity as saints that needs to stir something in us to be standing out, to be seen as set apart in our worlds, to cause some shockwaves in our worlds. 
Our identity as saints, that's what it should cause around us. The word saint, it's a bold word. It's a strong word. And actually, I'm okay if it makes you feel uncomfortable because I think as saints, we should always feel uncomfortable at points in our lives. Because, you know, it's not, I don't know if it was, it was, if it was comfortable for Jesus to flip tables and make a point. I don't know if it was comfortable, you know, when I worked in a secondary school, it wasn't comfortable for me to, when the other teachers said, oh, Emily, come have lunch with us. And I said, oh, no, I'm going to go to the staff prayer meeting. Well, actually, it was only three of us, these two strangers I didn't really know and weren't close with. That wasn't comfortable. But my identity is a saint, so I must stand out. I must be set apart from the normal way of life. It wasn't comfortable for me when I worked at the National Trust in the office and people would gossip and I would say, I don't want to speak about people like that. It wasn't comfortable for me when people would come at me and, and make fun of my religion and make fun of my faith. That wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable for me when in, when in a meeting someone made a joke about the Bible and said, oh, it's just fairy tales and you can believe it if you want to. And I found myself, honestly, I was really shocked afterwards, but I couldn't help it. I found myself like coming back at him, not like angrily, but I was so like, it got me. And then we're in this meeting, I don't know, we're discussing what Christmas decorations to put in an old National Trust house. And I'm like, uh, no, that is not what the Bible is about, actually. But it wasn't comfortable. But that is how we are meant to live. As saints of God, we are not meant to sit in a level of comfort. Actually, discomfort is the catalyst to push you into change. Feeling uncomfortable should be a way of life for you. We shouldn't sit feeling comfortable at the same level throughout our entire lives as Christians. That is not what we are called to. As a saint of God, you are called to constant change, constant growth constant new strength in yourselves. And you know, when Paul um, uses this word saints, when he's writing the letters to the different churches uh, in the New Testament, I love that he says, you know, when he uses it, he uses it in Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. And he writes this, he's like, to all the saints of these churches. And if you think about it, these churches, they were brand new they were in cultures where people were doing strange things um, and they were not following the gospel. And, and they were, if they had followed the gospel, then some of them were then twisting it and they were making it murky and they were still living in, the, in this sinful way. And he cuts through all of that dirt, all of that worldly way, all of that murky stuff that was going on and calls them out as saints. He says to all the saints... It's bold. It sets them apart. And that, if you are a child of God and you've given your life to Christ, that is your identity. And that's how we are meant to live, set apart for Jesus. And actually, there should be such a deep level of gratitude that comes with this. We should be so grateful for the identity of saint, not cowering away from it, not hiding from it, you see, it's not actually anything to do with us, but it's everything to do with what Jesus Christ did for us. It's nothing to do with us. Living your life as a saint isn't you striving to be perfect, isn't you striving to do better, isn't you feeling guilty. It's you accepting completely what Jesus Christ did for you. 
And then because of this acceptance, because of this acceptance that he died on a cross and he rose again from the grave and he took all that sin and shame and everything on himself for you. And then he rose again so that we could be called a saint and enter into that as our identity. That gratitude, that's what then pushes you to live your life in the way that is worthy of a saint. It's not out of guilt and striving. I think that's where we get it wrong. We hear the word saint and we immediately think, gosh, I must behave really well. I must try to work hard to do it. And what did we hear in the second week from Liam about getting strong? We must become weak. It is nothing, nothing to do with us striving to be perfect this year as we grow in our identity as saints. But it is all about having a deeper level of gratitude for what Christ has done for us that enables us to be labeled as saints. And that is what then overflows to us then choosing to live our lives in accordance with how the Bible asks us to live as saints. It's from a place of gratitude. You see, when I... Um, uh, first gave my life to Jesus. Um, I was 21, and I'd known Jesus all my life. I'd known of him. I'd gone to church. I, I believed in him. I never doubted him, but I didn't have that heart connection. It was in my head, but I hadn't fully surrendered to him, and I remember um, I went along to Kerith Community Church for the first time, and I walked in, and um, I didn't really know anyone and during the service, um, Simon, who was speaking, he pointed me out in front of everyone. I was like, fantastic. I, this is my first time here. What's going on? And he, said, he just said these really simple words. He said over me, he was like, God loves you and he forgives you. And it was all I needed to just say what well, I'm in. And I remember at the end of that service, he, they did a call for people who wanted to rededicate their lives to Christ. And I was there, like my hand was straight up. It was, I, I was strangers to everyone, like I didn't know anyone there. But all I knew, those simple words, they hit a place in my heart where I was like, my gratitude has to be expressed. My gratitude can't be hidden. My gratitude that my saviour died and rose again for me and that he loves me and forgives me and I can be totally free from all the rubbish this world wants to pile on me. My gratitude had to be expressed. And so I went up the front and I gave my life to Jesus and I was all in. That moment, something changed for me. The level of gratitude that I experienced in my heart in that moment with Jesus Christ and what he had done for me changed how I chose to live my life. And then because of that gratitude, then it was the change that I put into action. So literally after that, I stopped drinking straight away. I was at university, I didn't drink much, but I was like, well, this has got to go. I broke up with my non-Christian boyfriend. I changed things in my life, not because I was striving, not because, oh, I must now appear as Miss Perfect, because I, I had such a gratitude for what Jesus had done for me. I was like, what on earth can I do to show at least some level of gratitude for what he's done for me? I must give something. We as a church, we must give something. We must be moved into some kind of action out of a place of gratitude that we are called saints through what Christ has done for us. And I hope, I really hope that this year, the word saint has new revelations for you. I really hope you dig into it with Jesus. You search for yourself. I don't have all the answers here this morning. I'm not about to delve into all the historical uses of the word saint. 
I don't have all the answers. But I really hope that you do delve into it with him. But I've maybe, I've come up with something (laughs) that I hope will maybe make it a little more accessible for you. And maybe hope you remember and not be so, I don't know, timid about this word saint. So I've come up with an anagram. I don't know if that's the right word. And tech team, yeah, here we go. So, saint basically just means saved amazingly into a new thing. Round of, oh, come on, round of applause. That was, I came up with that all on my own. I was so impressed. And so I hope, I mean, I, Holy Spirit has to take credit for that. It was definitely him. It wasn't me. But this, I love. This is what church we must hold on to this year. When we think of the word saint as our identity, it is just that we have been saved amazingly into a new thing, a new identity, a new eternity, a new purpose, a new strength, a new confidence, a new calling, a new way to live your life, a new relationship, a new peace, a new joy, a new comfort. I could go on. There is so much new when you become a saint of God. You've been saved amazingly into a new thing. So live your life in that way. Live your life as if you've been saved amazingly into a new thing. Not saved amazingly into the same old thing as you were doing before you were saved. Or saved amazingly into a boring thing. Or a kind of, mm, not sure, an apathetic thing. A new thing. Newness is fresh. It has to take first steps. It's a new thing. We should constantly be seeing new things in our lives as saints of God. We should constantly be seeing newness. You should always be experiencing something new with Jesus because it's what you're called to be as your identity. You can't escape it, but it's a choice. You can stay as you are for the rest of your life. You can. And that's okay. There's no judgment on you. Remember, grace has covered you. That's fine. God loves you. But it would make me so sad if that is what you chose. Because you're missing out. You're missing out on the more that Christ has for you. You're missing out on more of the new he has for you. You know, in this, in this season that it, Liam briefly explained what our week has been like. You know, sometimes new always isn't shiny and happy. <laughs> sometimes new is new levels of depths of peace and comfort you didn't even realize you could get from Jesus Christ. Sometimes new is new levels of strength you didn't even realize you could get because the rest of your world, you're like, what on earth is going on? Whereas in your relationship with Christ, there's new levels of strength available. But if I chose to stay the same and rely on what I knew and what I'd done before, I'd never experience that new. Whereas I'm a saint. So I've been saved amazingly into a new thing. So I surely there's something new for me here in this season too, even whilst it's bad. We've been saved amazingly into a new thing, which means we should be set apart. We should be standing out. We should be doing something new and different than the world's ways. We were not called to live in the shadows. And I really felt... um, I'm really sorry if I just dived on in, but I had this word so much burning on my heart for today. And I felt so strongly that I was desperate, desperate for us to grasp how, how wonderful this is for us to be set apart. 
that yes, it's uncomfortable, and yes, it might not feel nice at times, and yes, it might be confusing, and yes, we might not even like it, but it's who you have been called to be. And at the end of the day, it's not about you, and it's not about me, because it's about what Christ did. It's about a gratitude about what Jesus did on the cross. We have been saved amazingly, amazingly into a new thing. I pray that that is sown into your hearts and your minds this year. I pray that it changes how you live your life. I pray that it changes how you see yourself. You see, you are not all the other labels the world wants to throw on you. You are at your very core, if you've given your life to Christ, you are a saint. You are a saint of God, set apart, saved amazingly into a new thing, called to live a higher purpose, a different way to the world's ways, a new way, a new thing. That is what we are called to be. And so I wanted to just look in... um, In Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read a passage from verses 17 to 24. And this talks about um, what happens when when we become this new identity. Actually, when we, we get this new identity, when we've been saved amazingly into this new thing, you know, what does this mean for us? And actually what we're going to look at after this passage is then what do we do with this? How can I actually then take steps to step into a new thing, of living my life as a saint. What does that actually mean for me? So we're going to read in Ephesians chapter 4, um, from verse 17 to 24. And it says this, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. You see, they are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, to put on the new self. Flow Church, please put on your new self as you live your life. Please put on your new self in your family, in your workplace, everywhere you go. Put on your new self in your relationship with Jesus and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God. And this, this should stir us like nothing else, that our new self is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And just think about that for a moment, because we can sometimes read these passages and know them and not take a moment to actually ponder on them. That last bit, when you become a Christian and you take on this new self, this is your image, that you are created after the likeness of God. When you become a Christian, it means you're created after the likeness of God. I mean, that mind baffles me a bit. Now I I can claim over my identity that I am created after the likeness of God. 
in true righteousness and holiness. That's who you are now. True righteousness and holiness. As if, as if (laughs) that's what he blessed us with. That actually our identity that was confused and striving and wrapped up in pain and constantly worried about what other people thought of us, worried about impressing the world and and getting the likes and the comments that we desired and, and showing up how we thought the world wanted us to. That's all taken and a new identity is put in place in the likeness of God. And I just think that's so amazing. And in this passage, there's three things that um, I want to pull out for us in our journey to, to letting this, this, uh, this word saint becoming our identity and letting it change us. And how do we do that? What does that look like? And they will start with an S. <laughs> Classic me. Love the same letter thing. But hopefully it helps you remember. So these three words we're going to look at. The first one is stop. First word is stop. You see, in this passage, it says to put off your old self. To put off your old self. And this actually means to cast aside. Just get rid of it. Be done with it. Let it be gone. And I, when I was thinking of this, I just felt such a, a hunger, a desire, an urgency that please, please can we this year cast aside the things that have lingered with us from our old selves. Please can we cast them aside. Enough is enough. Enough is enough now. Enough is enough to the ways that have clung on to us that is to do with our old selves and how we used to live our lives. You know, when I decided to start my journey of dealing with my insecurity, I got to a point, and it was, it was probably about this time last year, where I was actually like, enough is enough. Like, insecurity belongs to my old self. What are you still doing with me, with me when I am my new self? When I've put on a new thing, when I should be seeing a new thing, what are you still doing with me? Why are you still here? I cast you aside because you are no longer a part of my new identity. Please, this year, can we cast aside, can we say enough is enough to some of the things that have just lingered on us, that are dragging us down, that are those weights that Liam told us we just need to fling off so that we can be strengthened by Christ. Because as we do that, our identity as the image of God will be able to shine through more. And that's where you'll find the new things. That's where you'll find the new strength if you cast it aside. I don't know what that is for you, but I would love you to think about what do you need to say enough is enough to this year? Is it a sinful habit that actually you just need to, you need to come up against? Like we sang about, like what Sarah encouraged us in the power of the name of Jesus. Do you just need to declare and say enough is enough in the name of Jesus to this sinful act and desire that has been with me and lingered with me? Maybe it's greed or pride or worry or gossiping or laziness or insecurity or disobedience to the word of God. What do you need to say enough is enough to? And I'm desperate and I'm sorry if this is intense, but I really feel it from God that he wants us. He wants us this year to rise up as a church. He wants us to stand apart. He wants us to be set apart. And in order for that to happen, we must take actions. We must say enough is enough to the ways of my own old life. Enough is enough. They are not 
a part of you anymore. They are not. You think that they are. You think they still need to be there. I thought that insecurity was just going to stay with me forever. Truly, I did. I sat down. I had a conversation with Liam, and we were chatting. And I said, well, if I'm honest, Liam, I can't ever imagine being free, being free of insecurity. And Liam said to me, well, I don't think that's the way it's meant to be. I mean, it was a kind rebuke, <laughs> but it was still a rebuke from my husband. That's <laughs> what it's like being married to Liam. <laughs> don't say anything in that way, and I'll just rebuke you. I'm kidding. He's loving. Um, but it was, I needed that, though. I needed that, though, because that kick-started me into actually like, hang on, there's another way. I've been saved into a new thing. So surely that new thing covers insecurity as well. And I don't think Jesus Christ in his image, was insecure. So I don't think that was a part of Jesus. I don't think that should be a part of me. Worry is not a part of Jesus. Striving, greediness, pride, jealousy, comparison, gossiping, none of it, none of it should be stuck to us anymore. Apathy, laziness, that's one we don't talk about much. That's one God rebuked me of once before, not fun. Laziness, do we, I think we can get so lazy in our faith with Jesus. We can rest on what we know. We can get comfortable in what we think is okay for us. We can get by on what we've come accustomed to. But it should, that shouldn't be our walk with Christ. Your walk with Christ shouldn't look comfortable and lazy because that's not a part of your new identity. No. There's something new. There's something new to happen. So stop. Cast aside, put off this year. Choose something this year that you're going to truly dig into casting off yourself. Because, you know, I had to deal with insecurity. It wasn't like the next morning, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Woo, all free. I mean, I believe that can happen like that. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. But sometimes it's a journey because he needs to teach us things. And so I'm not, this isn't like I'm expecting you to suddenly be like, woohoo, here I am, everything's done. I want this year to be a journey for you in casting off things. I want this year for you to say at the, at the start of here, here, when we're still in January, like 70 days in, and I want you to say, what am I going to say enough is enough to this year? And actually, when God confronts me on it, and actually when it gets brought up in me, I'm going to deal with it. I'm not just going to carry on in it. Stop. Cast aside. What do you need to say enough is enough to this year? The second point is submit. You see, the next bit it says, firstly, that we have to... I'm holding my Bible such a weird way. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> firstly, it says that we have to put off your old self. And then this, the next bit we have to do, it says, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So we need to be submitting our thought life to our new identity. Our thought life. You see, that can be a bit sneakier. Because you can stop something physically, but your thoughts can still be rampant with it. And actually, that's not the way either that we're meant to live as saints of God. There's meant to be a new thing in our thoughts and in our mindsets. You see, I stopped reacting um, physically based on insecurity but my thought life was still rampant with it. I'd still think those things. I just didn't act on it, but I still thought it. You may stop gossiping physically, but if you still think that about someone, 
Hello, it's still a part of you. Your thought life needs to be submitted to the newness of your identity as a saint. Not just your physical, because actually then you're just giving in to the, um, the idea that it is about good acts. Because people can see that, can't they? I could see you doing stuff and think, wow, they've really got it together. But at home, when you're alone, if your thought life is still rampant, you haven't got there. You're still just striving. You're still just deciding to do it for yourself and think, I must put on a good show. Your thought life must be submitted to the identity of a saint. It must be submitted to the idea that you are set apart and you've been saved amazingly into a new thing. So that's the next thing I'd love us to work on this year, is submitting our thought life to this. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, actually, it takes you digging in. It takes you taking a stand. Like you said, enough is enough in the physical. You say enough is enough in the mental. When you find yourself thinking those things, you rebuke it on the spot. I've had times when I've been thinking these insecure thoughts, and I literally have to say, Emily, stop. This is not the way you have been called to think. This is not the way you have been called to think in your life. We must be submitting our thought life to our new identity, being renewed. And I don't think we, because it's so, such an intangible thing, I don't think we dwell on it as much as maybe we should. Because the Bible's clear about how we should be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And, and it's clear and it says about how we can have the mind of Christ. And actually, I think we spend so much time trying to get things right in our physical that our, our mental and our thought processes are still like a few steps back. And it feels a bit harder because it's like, well, how do I change my thoughts? I'm like, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. I can honestly say to you now, I think differently because of the Holy Spirit. I promise you, there is a new way for you to think. There is a new way for your mind to react when bad things happen. There is a new way for your mind to react when things get changed and you're not sure about it. There is a new way for your mind to react when someone does something at work that you don't like or grates on you. You don't have to think bad things in your head about them because that is not your new self. That is your old self. There's a new way for you to think about them. There's a new way for your thought life to be active in your life. There is a new way for you to think this year. Not just be, but actually think. And I promise you, if you dig in with Jesus in your personal time, because that's what it's going to take. I can't, unfortunately, change your thoughts for you. It takes you taking time with Jesus. It takes you saying, you know, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. And when you've chosen what you're going to say enough is enough to, I promise you, you'll start realizing those thoughts are rampant in your head. Because when you take a stand against something, it's then that it all gets brought up. Because at the moment, it's just, it's below the surface. You haven't brought it out into the light. So it can, you can do your life and it can just be there. As soon as you take a stand against it, it's going to be brought up in you. And your thought life is going to get more of those thoughts because it's being brought out of you. It's how it's worked. That's what I've experienced. But I please, when that happens, don't stop and don't give up. Don't think, but you told me if I said enough is enough, then this is, it might feel like it gets worse before there's a change. Because that process has to happen. It is just what happens. What has been set, sat in you has to come out. 
So when you hear these thoughts, when that stuff starts to come into your mind this year, grab them. Take it. Say, this is not of my new self. This is not what Christ has called me into. This is not how I'm going to think about myself. This is not how I'm going to think about others. This is not how I'm going to think about you, Jesus. This is not how I'm going to think about being asked to come to prayer meetings twice in one week. This is not how I'm going to think about being asked to give my money. This is not how I'm going to think about being asked to submit to a vision that I'm not sure about. This is not how I'm going to think in my life this year because I have been saved amazingly into a new thing and that goes for my thought life as well as my physical life. And once you start these things, once you have stopped, once you've submitted, then you can start. Then, as it says, you can put on your new self. The last point, start. Don't get stuck in these things, because I've seen that too. People start processing something, and they get stuck there. They then wallow in that, because that then becomes a comfort, and that then becomes their identity. No, we've got to keep it moving. We've got to keep moving through this thing. Don't sit in it. Don't sit in your worry when you're processing it. Don't sit in your pride or your insecurity. Keep on moving through it because you've got to start something new in your life. You've got to put on your new self. And this is where there should be such gratitude for starting because of what Christ did for us. We are not starting out of a place of striving or guilt. We are starting out of a place of gratitude. Oh, that I have been given the privilege to live my life in this way. Oh, that I've been given the privilege of access to God in heaven. Oh, that I've been given the privilege to be free of all these things that I'm currently wrapped up in. I've been given the privilege. It's a privilege. We should be so grateful. We take our salvation for granted so much of the time. I know so because I can speak for myself. We get wrapped up in our ways, our thoughts, our ideas, what we're okay with, what we like, what we want to happen. And sometimes our salvation story, was that the door? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes our salvation story, I thought someone was coming in. I was like, oh, what's happening? It's Jesus. Sometimes our salvation story takes a back seat. We actually forget those very first days, those sweet, wonderful, joyous days when we first tasted of the salvation of Jesus Christ. That becomes a bit dusty. That becomes a bit, you know, put in the corner. Sometimes we get saved and that's where we stop. And actually, you were saved so that you could then start something. You weren't saved and then that's it. That's my life done. I'm good. Cool. No. You were saved so that you could then start something. So that you could then start to be who you were always meant to be. That you could then start a journey of becoming more like Christ. You could then start a journey of living your life like a saint. Instead of staying in the infant stages of your salvation. I want to get to the end of my life and be completely different to who I was at 21 when I first gave my life to Christ. I want to be completely different because I think that's what I was called to be as a saint of God. So start this year putting on your new self. 
Start living the way that Christ has asked you to live, not out of a place of regulations or guilt, but from a place of gratitude. And actually, I love this. Um, the, uh, what am I saying? Oh, yeah. To put on this phrase that they use in this passage when it says to put on your new self. Um, in the Greek, it actually meant this phrase of sinking into a garment of clothing. And I love the idea. Like, I just, I don't know in my head, I imagine like this big old comfy coat that I just sunk into. And I was at home in it. And actually, that's, that is my desire for you this year as saints. And building your identity as a saint. That it should be so wrapped over you. That it should so completely cover you and be evident upon you everywhere you go. Because if you were walking around wearing a big old coat sinking into it, everyone would see it. They'd see it. It would be evident on you. And that's what I think this idea is getting at. Sinking into a garment of clothing means you've put on that item of clothing. It's completely covered you. So everywhere you go, it's going to be evident. Everywhere you go, people are going to see that item of clothing on you. And that is how it should be for us as saints of God. Everywhere you go, your identity as a saint should be evident upon you. Through your gratitude for your salvation, right through to then how you choose to live your life and follow what the Bible says for us about how to live our lives. It should be completely evident upon us. Start this year. Stop, submit, and start so that you can grow and you can become the saints of God that Christ needs us to be. Because let me tell you something, if we get strengthened and if we get sent out and we're not secure in our identity as a saint, we, it, that won't help us to reveal more saints. Because we'll just be showing them something they already know, the ways of the world. We must have a security and a depth and a power to our identity as saints that stands out and is set apart. And I know that this year, that's going to be uncomfortable. I know there are going to be points where you don't want to do it. There were points when I worked at, at National Trust in the office where I know I didn't live up to that identity as a saint, where I didn't stand up for something. But there's not judgment or like telling off. There's still grace for you. Christ picks you back up and says, daughter, son, let's go again. But as long as you go again, as long as you go again. And I, I just beg you, church. Your identity as a saint is more powerful, is more powerful than we are living our lives. Does your life demonstrate the power that is in your identity as a saint? There's no judgment. I'm just wondering, does it? I'm not expecting answers back, by the way. But does it demonstrate that you are a saint of God? Are you secure in your identity? Are you confident? Are you standing up for the things of Jesus in your worlds? Does your private life with Jesus reflect that you are his saint? Does it reflect a gratitude in your heart for what he did for you? Are you 
willing to grow this year? God has given a vision to this house for 2019 of revealing the saints. We all have a part to play in that. And I truly do believe one of the most important things you can do this year is work on your identity being secure as a saint. Because that will then push you into being able to do the other things. I really do encourage you. There is more for you. There is more new. No matter what stage of life you are at, please don't get trapped in the lies of comfort that say this is where you need to stay. If you're a child of God, you've been saved amazingly into a new thing. That is your identity. So that is how we should be living our lives, constantly seeing the new in ourselves and in others around us. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to pray over us. But I just wanted to let you know of one more thing. Um, and it's just the final slide that I sent the tech team. Liam and I have actually written a uh, short book. And sadly, we couldn't get the printers to get it to us this week. Um, but this is something that we are going to give to all of you this year to aid you in your journey of what it means to become a saint of God and live as a saint of God in this world. And there are 12 attributes of a saint that we have written about and delved into the Bible to discover what does that, what does that mean. And if you're confused of the point where it says start and you don't know what it is you need to start, when you get this book, use this. There's 12 of them, so you can do one a month. You can look at one a month of what is an, an attribute of a saint that I'm going to start trying to live out in my life this year. So why don't we all close our eyes? I'd love you to just think right now in your mind the words I am a saint I have been saved amazingly into a new thing I am a saint I have been saved amazingly into a new thing Holy Spirit, would you help that truth to change us this year? Right now, would the word saint begin to stir something in people? What are you calling them out of? What are you calling them into? You are a saint of God because you have been saved.